we're just excited about the uh, upgrade in our uh, election equipment. <laughs> that was last year. Are you still excited about that upgrade? Mm, I didn't think so. Well, I don't know why I came here tonight. That's why. I got the feeling that something right. It still is not. I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs. Clowns to the left of me. Jokers to the right. Here I am stuck in the middle with you. Yep. Yes, I'm stuck in the from Pacifica Radio in Los Angeles, this is the broadcast as heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in LA, also in Red Bluff and Redding, California on KFOI, Round Mountains, KKRN and Eureka's KGOE, in Oregon on the Central Coast on KYAQ, Cottage Grove's KSO and Eugene's KEPW, in Lancaster, Pennsylvania on WLRI, Maui, Hawaii's KAKU. In Columbus, Ohio, where early voting has begun, on WGRN. In Palinville, New York on WLPP. Grand Rapids, Michigan, where voting is ongoing on WPRR. In New Orleans on WHIV. Gallup, New Mexico's KNIZ. Concord, New Hampshire's WNHN. Fayetteville, Arkansas's KPSQ. In Seattle on KODX. Yes, voting going on there, too. In Janesville, Wisconsin, on WADR and Minneapolis, St. Paul's AM 950 KTNF. We also stream coast-to-coast and around the globe for you every day on the internets on the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Indie Media Weekly, FYI Nation, NicoleSandler.com, Radio Free Brooklyn, Workforce Rising, Deprogrammed Radio, and Detour Talk Fine affiliates all blanketing planet Earth five days a week. I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, and all-around swell fellow, says me, from bradblog.com. Thank you very much for joining us today. Okay, uh, first, let's start here. I want to go on record, Desi Doyen, yep. uh, to say I didn't do it. Didn't do what? I have never been to Venezuela. <laughs> Okay. I don't know that I know anybody in Venezuela. I I didn't do it. Let me just get that right out there on the record, all right? Okay, good okay. to know. Why? Well, with that said, uh, according to the BBC, the Electoral Council in Venezuela on Monday said a fire in its main warehouse near the capital, Caracas, has destroyed most of the voting machines held there. Oh, Wow. Almost 50,000 voting machines and 582 computers used in the country's elections went up in flames. The the nation's electoral council chief, Tabise Luceni, said she did not say if parliamentary elections due later this year could be affected by the loss of the 100 percent unverifiable touchscreen voting machines. She also asked prosecutors to investigate the cause of the fire. And again, let me say, I did not do it. (laughs) Okay. I just, was I clear on that? I have nothing. I have never been to Venezuela. I I believe you'll have an alibi for your whereabouts at the time of the fire. (laughs) Are you sure? I was with you. Where were you? You better have it. Okay. Yeah, we'll see. Well, the fire broke out in the 65,000 square foot warehouse east of Caracas on Saturday. While the warehouse is the main storage facility of the National Electoral Council, uh, Ms. Lucena said the electoral process is far from being destroyed. Damn it. 
I mean, I'm glad to hear that. Isn't that good? I'm glad to hear that. Yes. Well, of course, there's always hand-marked paper ballots. Oh, there's that. She told reporters electoral procedure in Venezuela consisted of three steps and only, quote, only two of its processes had been affected. Not sure what that means. Uh, She did say that a little had been salvaged, however, from the fire, despite great efforts that were made as to what caused it. Nothing is being ruled out, she said. In 2017, those who did not want elections back then were vicious against the voting machines, she says. They attacked operators. They burned vehicles. They made death threats. They burned voting machines. But the election took place. She explained, if there are groups who think that they can stop the electoral process, they are mistaken. They haven't accounted for the determination of the men and women of the electoral branch. So good news, I guess. Elections will not be deterred by someone burning 50,000 voting machines and 582 computers. Recent elections in Venezuela have been beset by allegations of fraud. The company that provided the voting system in the 2017 election for the Constituent Assembly said that turnout figures had been inflated that year by one million, an allegation that the National Electoral Council denied at the time. There are uh, there were also allegations of vote rigging in the 2018 presidential election in which incumbent President Nicolas Maduro won another six years in power. Under the Venezuelan Constitution, the National Electoral Council is the official independent body, independent body responsible for overseeing and guaranteeing the transparency of elections. Although they run on 100 percent unverifiable touchscreen voting systems, it's hard to know how those could be seen as transparent. Nonetheless, critics of the government of uh, President Maduro claim that four of the uh, Members of the four of the five members of the uh, council are government stooges. It's uh, difficult to know uh, who to believe here since the U.S. has frankly attempted to oust Maduro in favor of the uh, leading member of parliament, declaring him, Juan Guaido, the legitimate president of Venezuela, despite Maduro's reported victory on the nation's unverifiable touchscreen. Voting systems in 2018. Those systems, by the way, are made by a Venezuelan company named Smartmatic. If that name sounds familiar, it might be because it's the same company that was awarded the $282 million contract to build Los Angeles County's new 100% unverifiable touchscreen voting systems that failed so spectacularly last week on. Super Tuesday. So L.A. County's voting systems were made by the same company that made Venezuela's voting systems. Correct. And uh, systems that were uh, accused of uh, being used for fraud there as well as uh, in the Philippines. But if it's good enough for that, I guess it's good enough for L.A. County. And, you know, uh, with the tie to Smartmatic now, you know, the more I uh, hear about this, the more that I think maybe I did do it. (laughs) <laughs> I, I'm just. I, someone, and you just didn't tell yourself. Well, someone really ought to bring me in for questioning on this. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure. Elections for the National Assembly in uh, Venezuela are due to be held before the end of the year. No date has currently been set. The National Assembly is the only Venezuelan institution not currently controlled 
by the Maduro government. Its uh, leader, uh, as I said, Juan Guaido, he's the main opposition figure. He has been recognized by more than 50 countries, including the U.S., as Venezuela's legitimate president. In fact, Donald Trump invited Guaido to his uh, State of the Union address a few weeks back. Many in the opposition fear that if elections are held later this year without the uh, National Electoral Council and the electoral process is being reformed first, that the poll could be rigged and the government could seize control of the National Assembly. Well, it would certainly be easy enough for them to do that on the unverifiable touchscreen voting systems used in Venezuela if there are enough of them Uh, still available after the fire to use them instead of hand-marked paper ballots whenever the National Assembly does hold its next election. Meanwhile, in this country, as you may have heard, voters in six states headed to the polls on Tuesday in a not-quite-super but uh, still fantastic Tuesday election. It's a beautiful election. It's a fantastic, beautiful With more than uh, 350 delegates at stake in Michigan, Washington State, Missouri, Mississippi, Idaho uh, and North Dakota, Joe Biden has been rising in the polls since his uh, big Super Tuesday surge last week when he is believed to have won 10 states. Out of the 14 that were holding uh, primaries last week, though uh, some like Texas and California are still counting Others are reporting only unofficial numbers still, uh, but uh, Biden has been building on his apparent decisive victory uh, beginning in South Carolina uh, on unverifiable touchscreen systems just three days prior to Super Tuesday. But uh, Bernie Sanders will compete in several states that handed him victories in 2016 in uh, the fantastic Super Tuesday. Uh, fantastic Tuesday contests with these six states voting. According to pre-election polls, Biden is up big in Michigan. According to the pre-election polls, that offers the biggest prize on Tuesday uh, by a uh, pre-election polling average of more than 20 points over Sanders, though Sanders overcame a similar polling margin back in Michigan in 2016. Uh, He ended up narrowly winning the state by about one and a half points after many of the same pollsters had given Hillary Clinton a 25 point lead that year. I uh, but we'll see what happens uh, when the results are in from Michigan. I suspect there will be a lot of pressure for Bernie Sanders to get out of the race if he does not perform well in Michigan, where there are 125 pledged delegates at stake. Uh, Biden currently leads in the uh, delegate counts by about 100 delegates. Um, that even as the two front runners at this point, Sanders and Biden, have yet to hold a head-to-head debate. The first one is scheduled for this coming Sunday night, uh, which, by the way, might have been nice to have after Super Tuesday and before less than Super Tuesday. Um But we'll see. We'll get one, hopefully, on Sunday. Washington State is uh, thought to be neck and neck. They are voting on Tuesday as well. Um, According to pollsters, anyway, they're neck and neck, uh, albeit with momentum on Joe Biden's side after Sanders won the state handily in 2016. Uh, back when their delegates in Washington state uh, in the Democrat on the Democratic side were divvied up by a caucus pro- uh, process this year, it'll be done by a primary instead. 
on the state's vote-by-mail system. They did hold a primary in Washington state as well in 2016, but it was just a so-called beauty contest where there were no delegates at stake. Uh, And while Sanders easily won the state's caucus that year and its delegates, Clinton actually won the primary vote when uh, far more voters rang in in the uh, progressive-leaning state with 89 delegates now at stake. Biden also has a substantial polling lead before people vote in my old home state of Missouri with 68 delegates at stake there and where the clear politi- Real Clear Politics polling average has the former Veep up over Sanders by uh, more than 18 points. That margin has been expanding in Missouri since Super Tuesday. Sanders lost Missouri uh, back in 2016 to uh, Clinton in a very close race by just uh, about, uh, well, 1,531 votes, according to the official count in 2016. So a very narrow uh, loss for Sanders Uh, four years ago, um, and I've got uh, more on some uh, problems in Missouri on Tuesday. I'll get to that in a moment. Uh, In Mississippi, despite a lack of much polling, Joe Biden is heavily favored to win the bulk of Mississippi's 36 delegates with a majority African-American electorate in the Democratic primary after Sanders decided to not campaign there at all following Super Tuesday, focusing his time largely on uh, Michigan instead. Then there are 20 delegates at stake in Idaho, but there is no polling at all to suggest how voters uh, may vote. So Sanders won by a huge 57 point margin in Idaho back in 2016. But like Washington state that year, Idaho held a caucus instead, which tends to favor more diehard uh, uh, supporters who are willing to spend several hours at a caucus Um It also, however, caucuses result in far fewer voters being able to ring in in most cases. Uh, But this year, Idaho is holding a primary on mostly paper ballots around the state, though the second most populous county there, Canyon County, shamefully uses, you guessed it, 100 percent unverifiable electronic ballot marking devices. So whatever the results are out of Canyon County will be the results. There will be no counting, recounting or double checking. Uh, And finally, there is also no polling to help predict how North Dakota's 14 delegates might be divvied up. Sanders handily won Uh, in uh, North Dakota in low turnout caucuses by 40 points back in 2016 when they were held pretty late in June. Um, But while they are still having something that's called a caucus in North Dakota this year, I'm not exactly sure uh, why they're calling it this. Uh, They're calling it a firehouse caucus. Um, Essentially, uh, it seems to be a state party run primary. So it's still a primary, but it's not run by state officials. It's run by the party itself, uh, with the state also introducing uh, mail-in ballots for the first time this year. Anyway, we'll have full results, whatever they may be, along with any noteworthy reports on problems at the polls uh, as we learn about them on tomorrow's broadcast. Uh, But a point or two already on Missouri, where a, a state judge recently nixed the GOP's 
latest effort to impose a disenfranchising photo ID voting restriction on uh, voters in the show me state. Uh, That was just a few weeks ago. So that is good news that people will be able to vote at least not turned away for uh, lack of a very specific type of photo ID. Um, And also uh, where the uh, state's largest county, that's St. Louis, has gone to hand-marked paper ballots this year with a print-on-demand system at the polling place. That instead of the touchscreen voting systems that they had used in uh, many precincts across uh, St. Louis County in years past. So that should be very good news for St. Louis voters who get to vote on a hand-marked paper ballot, presuming that the uh, e-poll books, the electronic poll books, and the computer printers all work as they hoped. Well, on that score, guess what? According to AP today, Missouri's presidential primary got off to a rough start Tuesday, at least for some voters, as problems with, yep, electronic equipment in the state's most popular county led some people to give up and head to work without casting their ballots. Election, elections officials in St. Louis County said that their electronic poll books, which are used to check people in and uh, send information to the printers, had trouble syncing with their system. And that meant that they could not print out tickets, which are scanned in order to print out hand-marked paper ballots for each voter. So you've got an electronic poll book, then you've got a printer, then it scans it, then it prints out another... How many uh, computers did they try to insert oh, there? Oh, it just Gosh, how never many ends. opportunities for failure? Never ends. All so that we can have a paper ballot that people fill in with a pen. Uh, syncing up the electronic poll books, uh, which usually use the Internet to make sure that a person has not already voted, uh, for example, by mail, and that they're properly registered. That was also a huge problem out here in California. Not that anyone could have predicted it. Uh, last week on uh, on Super Tuesday, 15 counties around the states state who were, who were using voting centers for the first time instead of precincts, which uh, allow voters to vote at any of them, but also essentially require electronic poll books to work. Uh, they didn't work in the uh, in uh, 15 counties around the state of California of California and uh, here in Los Angeles, the largest county. So, uh, you know, again, who might have predicted that relying on computers for critical mission, critical elections, you know, could uh, be a problem? Wish someone had warned about that. Anyway, the problem in St. Louis was reportedly compounded then when some poll workers failed to switch to a manual system to print ballots. Uh, I'm not entirely sure that what that means, but what from what I've been able to figure out, it sounds like they could have printed ballots manually instead of relying on the electronic poll books to be working uh, for voters to fill out, uh, even if the e-poll books were down or weren't telling the printers to do so. Apparently, according to Rick Stream, a Republican uh, who is one of two election directors in St. Louis County, Uh, He says the poll workers apparently got flustered. Voters left. They had to go to work. He says that's on us. We should have had everything working properly. 
the uh, Democratic director of elections. They have a Republican and a Democrat uh, co-directors, if you will, in St. Louis County uh, uh, direct, uh, Board of Elections directors. Uh, Eric Fay offered a similar explanation in a statement to the local NBC affiliate. Uh, he said the issue with voting this morning was with the election poll book vendor. It wasn't syncing with the printer. The vendor has since pushed out a fix, and the County Board of Elections is working to ensure all printers are synced. He said everything was working during testing, and election judges always had the option of using the manual voter ticket, but there was some confusion at the polling place about that. As for the uh, people who were being uh, told that they had all uh, that they had already voted, says Faye, um, the uh, issue apparently was when their ID was scanned. So yes, they also use an ID scanning computer as well. Brilliant. Uh, a ticket apparently wasn't printing, uh, and then the judge would then scan the ID again, but the software reacted as though they had already voted since that card had already been scanned. And again, the election judge could have given them a manual voter ticket, but there was some confusion about it. In any event, it's unclear how many gave up, but uh, the problems, which lasted for at least the first hour of voting, appeared to be widespread. The uh, Republican stream estimated that people had reported problems from at least 50 of the county's roughly 400 polling sites, though I did hear from my mom today. She said she voted in and out of there. No problem at all. No problem with the printers. No problem with the electronic poll books. So, so there's that. <laughs> all is well. At least my mom was able to vote. So uh, we'll see how, how wide that problem was and, and how much of a problem it caused before they got it fixed. Uh, so we will watch that. Also, this from the other side of the state of Missouri, on the west side in Kansas City. Uh, here was Kansas City, Missouri Mayor Quentin Lucas, all bright and shiny this morning and posting a video to Twitter before going in to vote. All right. Hey, I'm here at a polling place right now. Um, Get out and get out to vote. Exercise your right to vote. We have a presidential primary today in Missouri. No matter who you vote for, no matter which side, it's important that we have our voices heard in every community. Well, there you go. He was all excited, looking forward to voting. But uh, when he then finally posted that video, he included this message along with it on Twitter. He said, I made a video this morning about the importance of voting and then got turned away because I wasn't in the system, even though I voted uh, if there for 11 years, including for myself four times. He says, go figure, but that's OK. We'll be back later today. And again, this was the mayor of Kansas City, Missouri, elected last year after years as a city councilman there. He's the third African-American mayor in Kansas, but in a state run pretty much entirely by Republicans at this point, Missouri. Uh, his name did not show up in the voter registration database. Go figure. About an hour later or so, he retweeted uh, that tweet with an additional comment. He said, by the way, me writing, quote, but that's OK, was me being Midwestern and passive aggressive. <laughs> it's not really OK. Talked to the election director this a.m. and we'll be following up further. If the mayor can get turned away, think about everyone else. We got to do better. Yeah. Well, apparently we now have uh, an answer to what happened here. Uh, it appears uh, that he was able to vote after they discovered that his name, for some reason, had been entered backwards in the voter registration database. 
with his last name as his first name. Hmm. So I'm hoping that was a one-off problem. Uh, I'm going to keep my eyes on it and see if uh, we hear of anything similar coming out of KC or anywhere else around the state of Missouri. Uh, Voters were also urged, by the way, to take extra precautions on Tuesday because of concerns about the new coronavirus. According to AP, some polling places provided hand sanitizer for voters and uh, stocked up on disinfectant wipes for the equipment and the pens. Green County Clerk Shane Schuller said special gloves were available for people to sign in or vote on touchscreens, which apparently are there in Greene County for disabled voters uh, who need one. Most vote on paper ballots in Greene County, and voters were uh, also welcome to bring their own pens to hand-mark paper ballots so they didn't have to use the germy uh, community, pens. community pens. That's a nice way to put it <laughs> uh, at the polling place. Uh, Scholler said, we want them to feel comfortable exercising the right to vote. Well, thank you. Me too. Uh, Of course, voting should not be this hard, and I do think it's very possible, frankly, by the time that we get to November this year, we may be looking at all vote-by-mail elections across the country due to the coronavirus. But we will see. On Tuesday, both Bernie Sanders and Joe Biden were forced to cancel rallies or chose to cancel rallies scheduled for Ohio, I believe in Cleveland. Uh, Ohio votes next Tuesday. They canceled those rallies due to concerns about the coronavirus. Um, That is sort of a separate twist to all of this this year uh, that we will learn more about as the virus most likely continues to spread and as the Trump administration uh, pretends that everything is under control, everything is fine, even as his own new chief of staff, Congressman Mark Meadows, is now in self-quarantine, as are about five other top GOP members of Congress after spending time with or shaking hands or making out with, I don't know, some guy uh, who is confirmed to have had the virus at the recent uh, right-wing CPAC conference in Washington, D.C., where, by the way, they made a whole bunch of fun of the coronavirus, called it, you know, just the latest Democratic hoax to try and hurt the president, who also, by the way, shook hands with some of the now quarantined members of Congress, including One, Matt uh, Gates, who uh, of Florida, who flew back on Air Force One with Donald Trump from Florida after Trump's golfing and fundraiser weekend this past weekend um, in the middle of this crisis. But back to elections for the moment, where it, it seems that the more we pay to private vendors for more and more computers and computerized voting equipment of all sorts, the more that voters seem to be disenfranchised or are forced to climb over you know, ridiculous obstacles just to exercise their right to participate in their own democracy. It is, in a word, shameful. But I must say I am forever grateful to those who overcome ridiculous obstacles to do so, like the folks in Texas. I'll talk about them in a moment. And and Los Angeles, who had to wait hours and hours on end just to, you know, cast their vote. So, you know, keep fighting out there, guys. Don't let them wear you down. I know it's wearing. I know it wears me down, but don't let them wear you down. Uh, For example, next Tuesday, we will have primary elections in four big and important states, Arizona, Florida, Illinois, and Ohio. What could possibly go wrong in those states? 
Well, I will get, as I said, to some uh, uh, troubling news out of, um, well, we'll see if I have time for uh, news out of Florida. But longtime listener Carl Howard is in Ohio. He noted this morning uh, in a comment on Facebook on yesterday's show about the track conditions being as important or more so than the horse race that the horses are running on. Uh, Carl wrote, uh, this Friday, when I have a day off, I will board two city buses for the considerable journey to the Franklin County, Ohio Board of Election, a location which used to conveniently reside right in downtown Columbus for many years until Republicans retook control of the state house, whereupon they promptly moved it to a strip mall as far outside of town as they could manage it. I will take this long bus trip willing, willingly, Carl writes, simply in order to hand drop my completed absentee ballot into a box at the Board of Elections. And in November, I shall willingly do it again because that's what it takes. Yep, that is what it takes. Uh, and in, in too many places, uh, it shouldn't, but it does. So thank you, Carl, for making that effort to try and maximize the odds of your vote being counted and counted as per your intent. Uh, without that effort, by the way, Carl would have had to vote in Franklin County on a 100 percent unverifiable touchscreen computer. In Franklin County, which, like much of this, most of the state, apparently hates its voters or hates democracy, take your pick, because it looks to me like most of the voters, certainly at the polls across the state of uh, Ohio in most of the counties, will be using similar unverifiable touchscreen voting systems. Because they never learn. I'm sure it'll all be fine. Let's take a quick break here and we'll hit a few ongoing uh, problems from last week's Super Tuesday in Texas and some concerns about several upcoming primaries in the weeks ahead uh, in Georgia and maybe elsewhere if time where uh, I'm sure everything will go fine as well. Don't worry. I'm Brad Friedman. This is your Bradcast. <laughs> Five major corporations now control more than 80 percent of the media in the United States, but they don't control us. The Bradcast and the Green News Report are 100 percent independent, 100 percent listener supported. But we can't do it alone. We need you. Please help us bring real facts to listeners at independent stations around the nation. You can make a difference. Support independent media. Drop by bradblog.com donate. That's bradblog.com donate. And thanks. Ah, it does. Except for concerns about coronavirus, which has uh, kept both Bernie and Joe Biden from being able to rally there. Welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from Bradblog.com. Okay, first some good voting news uh, here for a happy change before things turn dark in uh, in several upcoming primaries. We have been covering Georgia a lot on this program for over the past year or more as the state's old touchscreen voting systems were found unconstitutional in a federal court. And as information has come to light that their central voting database, including voter registrations and administrative passwords for the old 100 percent unverifiable touchscreens used across the entire state, may have been hacked. Uh, you may want to download if you don't if you hadn't heard about that. Uh, my recent interview with 
Plaintiff Marilyn Marks of Coalition for Good Governance. You can download that from bradblog.com. Her lawsuit successfully decertified the old touchscreens, only to see the Republican Secretary of State, Brad Raffensperger, mandate new ones for the entire state this year with most of the same problems on those new machines and all new problems to go with it. Well, I got some good news first out of Georgia today for a change. Georgia voters must be quickly notified when election officials reject their absentee ballots, allowing them time to correct problems and have their ballots counted. That, according to a settlement with the Democratic Party that was announced over the weekend, according to the uh, Atlanta Atlanta Journal-Constitution, under the settlement in federal court, Georgia election officials agreed to contact voters whose ballots were rejected. They'll be contacted by email, phone, and mail within three business days. Voters must be contacted the next business day if absentee ballots are invalidated during the 11 days before Election Day. So they can't wait. they got to reach out and let them know immediately. This resolves a lawsuit that was filed in uh, November over more than 8,000 absentee ballots that were thrown out in the 2018 general election. That's about 3% of all of the absentee ballots Wait, that were returned by mail. How many were tossed out? Uh, more than 8,000. My goodness. Many of them because election officials who do not have expertise in handwriting analysis determined that, oh, the voter's signature does not match the one that's on file, says... Me, some random official without expertise in handwriting analysis, or when an app information on the absentee ballot uh, was uh, was something was missing or was incorrect, and instead of giving a voter the voters a chance to cure those problems, they would just dump the ballots. Oh well, throw them away. Never told the voters. Didn't bother to inform them so that they could come in and say, "Yes, that's my signature. You I, lose. I broke my arm." Uh, the other day and or, you know, I signed it 40 years ago when I signed up to register to vote. That's the sort of voter suppression that helped Georgia's Republican secretary of state back in 2018 become their new governor on 100 percent unverifiable voting machines. That uh, report that he narrowly edged out Democrat Stacey Abrams that year, who would have been the nation's first female African-American governor. The Democratic Party of Georgia chairwoman Nakima Williams said this is a huge victory for all Georgians. This decision further secures each citizen their constitutionally guaranteed right to the ballot box. Many of the absentee ballot rejections occurred specifically in Gwinnett County which imposed a strict a strict standard for absentee ballots. They discarded 1,733 ballots alone in Gwinnett County, and uh, that played a role in a very tight 2018 election for Congress in that county, which was decided by just 419 votes. The Republican Rob Woodall defeated the Democrat Carolyn Bordeaux by 419 votes, when 1,733 absentee ballots were discarded and probably did not need to be. The DCCC uh, Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee Chairwoman Sherry Bustos says the settlement gives Georgia 
peace of mind that their votes will be counted and that they won't lose their voices because of flawed state election laws. Well, don't don't get too excited about that, uh, Congressman Bustos. Especially the fact that, you know, the new equipment coming into Georgia across the entire state is wildly untested and completely unverifiable. What the Atlanta Journal-Constitution does not mention, unless they are, you know, promoting or lauding it, is this uh, new system that is coming into the state of Georgia and that will be used at their upcoming March 24 primary election unless you folks in Georgia are able to get one of these absentee ballots uh, and vote. And uh, by the way, you can't deliver them in person to the precincts, as I understand it in Georgia, but you can drop them off at the county headquarters if you're nearby. In any event, using a uh, hand-marked absentee ballot in Georgia is, in fact, the way to go. Uh, at least in most uh, most Georgia counties. Last week, we reported the other good news out of Georgia, that one county in Georgia, one county's Board of Elections in Athens-Clark County, had voted to not use the mandated touchscreen voting systems, these new systems, but to use instead hand-marked paper ballots for all at the polling place. That, after finding that the new touchscreens, which Marilyn Marks also is suing uh, uh, to block, and she explained on this show she is suing uh, specifically in one county because these machines are huge and bright, the screens, and they violate the voters' rights to a secret ballot because they can be seen from 30 or 40 feet across the room. You can see how people voted. Now, Georgia state law allows counties to use different systems than the ones mandated by the state if they find that those mandated by the secretary are, quote, impossible or impracticable for any reason. And the athens Clark board determined that these systems were because they violated that state statute for mandating, requiring secret ballots. So we reported on that last week. And guess what? This week, according to Georgia Public Broadcasting, the Georgia State Elections Board is holding an emergency hearing in Athens this week to determine whether Athens-Clark County is violating several state laws by not conducting elections on the state's new $104 million computer voting system. So they're holding an emergency hearing to find out if they can force a county to yep. use yep. the machines rather than handmarked paper. Yep. Wow. According to a notice sent to the County Board of Elections, uh, Athens-Clark officials should be prepared to present evidence to the state explaining why it voted three to two to determine that it would uh, be, quote, impossible and impracticable to use the touchscreen ballot marking devices. The Secretary of State's office says it is investigating whether there are violations of at least six different state laws and rules regarding elections. One of the laws mentioned uh, mandates that every county use the same voting system, which athens Clark is not following after the board cited a different state law that says uh, that any uh, an election may be conducted by hand-marked paper ballot if the uh, use of the machines, quote, is impo impossible or impracticable. So, yeah, the Republican Secretary of State... Brad Raffensperger, in a state that has been threatening to turn from red to blue for many years now and very well uh, might have were it not for chicanery by the old Republican secretary of state who oversaw his own corrupt election in 2018, Brian Kemp, to become governor. 
that uh, new state uh, secretary of state really, really, really wants everyone to vote on these unverifiable touchscreens in 2020 for some reason, even if they violate the right to a secret ballot in Georgia, even if they threaten to create really, really long lines, as they already did during a rollout of these systems in several counties last November in sparsely attended municipal elections. Imagine what it will be like in the primary. Imagine what it will be like in November. And even after similar machines lost votes in Pennsylvania last year, lost votes in Texas uh, last week and caused long lines and disenfranchisement in those states and here in Los Angeles as well last week. So why would that be? Why is he working so hard to have those computer touchscreens be used everywhere, even where local officials, you know, small government, even where they don't want to use them? I don't know the answer to that, but I'll just pose that question. Meanwhile, speaking of Texas. We're just excited about the uh, upgrade in our uh, election equipment. Elections Administrator Tony Pippen's pool appeared on Inside Texas Politics last fall, demonstrating Dallas County's new voting machines, electronic with paper backup. Ah, okay. It actually shows how I voted. On Super Tuesday, something went wrong. <laughs> okay, well... You know, uh, keep that sound clip, Des. We can uh, on Super Tuesday. <laughs> something, something went, went wrong. wrong, as you already know. Uh, if you listen to this program, many voters in Texas were forced to wait hours in line to vote on Super Tuesday last week. But that is not the only problem for Texas voters. You heard there the uh, election administrator in Dallas County all excited last year about the. New touchscreen voting systems that were coming to uh, Dallas. Well, Dallas County officials are now seeking a recount of the March 3rd Super Tuesday primary results after discovering that an unknown number of ballots were not initially counted. According to the Texas Tribune, in a petition that was filed uh, late last Friday in state district court, Dallas County Election Administrator Tony Pippins Poole, who you heard her all excited about the new machines, uh, said that her office discovered that ballots from 44 tabulating machines were not accounted for in the election results that were reported by the county on Super Tuesday. It's believed that as many as 7,000 ballots were not tallied. Now, as uh, noted, Dallas County is now using these uh, unverifiable touchscreen express vote systems made by ESNS. That system has already failed in a number of elections since its recent introduction. It's a new system, including last November in Northampton County in Philadelphia, where it failed to record thousands of votes in a local judge's race where the incumbent judge received zero votes in a number of precincts for uh, for some reason, but actually won the race by several thousand votes when county officials were forced to go and count the computer-marked uh, paper ballots produced by these touchscreen systems. Uh, the issue in Dallas seems to be somewhat different. It turned up after county officials were unable to reconcile the number of voters who had checked in to cast ballots at some polling places versus the number of ballots actually received from those sites. The tally of ballots had been uh, compiled from flash drives that were turned into the county, and the county initial, initially believed that it had received all the ballots from the 454 voting centers in Dallas. 
However, says Pippin's Pool, it was later determined that there are ballots from 44 of the precinct scanner and tabulator machines that were unaccounted for. Like many other counties in Texas, the Tribune writes, Dallas recently switched over to new voting equipment that allows voters to fill out their ballots on electronic machines, then mark up uh, that those machines then mark up a, 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 a so what they call a backup paper ballot. And now the county is petitioning the court to allow it to perform a recount of those, quote unquote, backup paper ballots. Of course, those backup paper ballots are computer marked, so it's impossible to know if any of them were verified, much less correctly, to reflect any voter's intent. A recent University of uh, Michigan study found that more than 93 percent of voters on such systems did not notice at all when the computer flipped one of their votes. Well, a uh, judge has now ruled uh, on Tuesday, Tuesday morning at the Dallas County District Court, according to Dallas ABC affiliate WFAA, that a recount can proceed, but only for the ballots that went unaccounted for. Wait, what? So they're not going to actually count all of the paper ballots. They're only going to count the paper. Actually, well, yeah, yeah, that didn't have an initial uh, report of what the results were. So the problem apparently affected polling locations in Dallas, in Garland, Grand Prairie, Irving, Mesquite, and Rowlett. It's still unclear as to why this problem happened. It's uncertain, by the way, whether the apparent winners from any races announced last week will change. Pippin's pool said of the 44 thumb drives... 16 were not received in a timely manner to the elections department and 28 were from voting machines that were not scheduled to be used, but were used by volunteer election officials. Not entirely sure what that means either, uh, other than I know they had very long lines in a number of locations across Texas and they might have had some backup machines uh, to use or in case, you know, some of them went, uh, well, went down or were their lines got too long. So that would be the 28 thumb drives from those machines that weren't scheduled to be used, but then were used. Dallas County Commissioner J.J. Uh, Koch told WFAA, quote, I deeply regret this is happening in Dallas County right now. There's already enough questions about our ability to serve the people of Dallas. This is tremendously damaging to our local democracy. In the affidavit that accompanies the court petition that Pippin's pool said she uh, uh, she only made the discovery while reconciling the books and discovered she did not have enough ballots for everyone who showed up to vote. So now she wants to recount and retabulate votes in both the Democratic and Republican primaries. She said, I think it's uh, actually State Senator uh, Royce West, a Democrat from Dallas, who narrowly made the uh, upcoming May runoff election for the Democratic nomination in the U.S. Senate race, said, I think it's important that every vote is counted and that if it impacts the election, it impacts the election. Good. Good for him. For the March 3rd primary elections, Dallas County began using that new voting equipment that requires apparently two thumb drives to record the votes. One is apparently the main drive And the second is a backup, I guess, in case the thumb drive fails. But, you know, I thought that the computer marked paper ballots were the backup. Just how far back they actually are before anybody bothers to count them is another question. 
Uh, again, not that it matters because they're computer printed and therefore completely unverifiable anyway. So this election equipment records citizen votes, citizen votes electronically, but also creates a paper ballot record of the votes which were cast, according to Pippin's Pool's uh, petition, which also states the recount requested uh, would invoke taking the paper ballots from the ballot boxes of those 44 scanners and tabulator machines and running the paper ballots through the central counting station tabulator. So they will still be tallied by a computer, another computer, either correctly or incorrectly. Who knows? And perhaps I should add, who cares? Uh, Apparently not the election officials or the elected officials In Dallas County. The fun continues. (laughs) And the fun continues straight ahead with Desi Doyen and the Green News Report, which is always delightful, always lively, and always full of very, very good news. (laughs) That's next on the Bradcast. I'm Brad Friedman. Don't touch that dial. Hey, this is Brad. Please consider supporting whichever progressive media outlet is serving you. Most, just like us, do not receive corporate or political support. We all need your support to keep up the resistance, now more than ever. From Desi Doyen and myself, thank you. I haven't even gotten to the problems out of Florida that oh I've been trying to get to for days. That'll have to wait for another thrilling edition of the broadcast. If we can ever find time, if voting <laughs> ever goes well enough that we have time to talk about uh, more problems. Anyway, we better get to it. Speaking of problems, our latest Green News report. We had an oversupply already hitting the market before the virus, and now we have a clash of titans. Oil stocks tank due to coronavirus and Saudi Arabia launching a price war. Coronavirus economic disruption could infect banks and communities dependent on fossil fuels. Outdoor air pollution takes three years off your life. Great. Plus, BYOB, bring your own bag. New York State bans single-use plastic bags. All of those stories and more straight ahead from Bradblog.com. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyan. Stand by for six minutes of independent green news, politics, analysis, and snarky comment. Health officials want to caution anyone living in Florida that they are living in Florida. <laughs> This is your Green News Report. Sadly, over Disney World, tough news for the seven dwarves. Doc had to put Sneezy down. Okay, Desi Doyen, if environmentalists couldn't kill oil... Maybe the coronavirus will. (laughs) It's very possible. And that is something that we are seeing now with the global financial markets that plunged on Monday, in part due to that crash in global oil prices. Oil was already falling due to the coronavirus epidemic suppressing global demand. Monday was the biggest one-day drop since the first day of the Persian Gulf War in 1991. Mm. But oil prices also cratered because Saudi Arabia decided it was a good time to launch a price 
price war with Russia. As one Bloomberg oil analyst put it, quote, Saudi Arabia has single-handedly collapsed world oil prices overnight (laughs) because Russia rejected Saudi Arabia's deal to cut production at the same time to keep prices afloat until global oil demand rebounds. However, the Saudis then went further, slashing their prices, explains CNN Markets editor John Defterios. A very audacious move to cut prices by up to $7 a barrel. That was a signal not to the United States, but a signal to Moscow and to Vladimir Putin. We've had this partnership for three years working together to stabilize the market. You don't want to play ball with us? We'll open the taps as the lowest cost producer in the world and now flood the market with low cost oil. And that's why we saw a 30 percent correction. Some analysts suggest it's a temporary move by the Saudis to push Russia back to the negotiating table. Financial market analysts are also warning that because the global financial system is so deeply interconnected, cratering oil prices could trigger a domino effect of oil industry loan defaults. And that could infect the banking industry, which has invested billions in oil projects. They say that U.S. drilling, exploration and production companies that have borrowed heavily may not survive. And that, in turn, would harm communities and workers dependent on the fossil fuel industry. Well, it does seem to me there was considerable pressure on these big banks to pull their money out of fossil fuels even before coronavirus came around. And with prices plummeting, I wonder if uh, the money will ever come back into fossil fuels. And that's a very good question. Bloomberg News reports that levels of air pollution in China are rising again as manufacturing plants gradually come back online. A group of Stanford researchers did a rough calculation that those temporary reductions in air pollution caused by the coronavirus shutdown in China very likely also saved tens of thousands of lives from premature death caused by China's notorious air pollution. Well, that's ironic, ain't it? That finding is echoed in a different study that concludes air pollution is responsible for shortening people's lives worldwide on a scale far greater than previously understood. Fossil fuel air pollution is a primary cause of heart and lung diseases and cancers. Analyzing global mortality data, the researchers calculated that air pollution caused nearly nine million premature deaths globally in 2015, way more than smoking. The researchers concluded that about two-thirds of premature deaths around the world are attributed to man-made air pollution. They found that, on average, air pollution takes away three years of your life, more in East Asia, less in North America. And much less in East Asia right now because production is down because of the virus and the air is clear again in China. For now. For now. But some good news for breathers in Philadelphia. A federal bankruptcy judge has ordered the shutdown of the largest petrochemical refinery on the East Coast, the 150-year-old polluting PES refinery located in a low-income neighborhood, will not reopen after an explosion destroyed much of the factory last June and forced it into bankruptcy. Finally, New York State has implemented a statewide ban on most kinds of single-use plastic bags that started on March 1st. It's intended to reduce plastic pollution that has been clogging up city sewers and rivers. You know, I remember when it happened out here in Los Angeles, people thought, oh no, it's the bagamageddon, what will we do? And then five minutes later, everyone had their own uh, reusable bag and everything was fine. Yep. Yeah, you'll get used to it, New York, don't worry. 
For much more on all of these stories and the ones we couldn't get to today, please check out our website at greennews.bradblog.com. Don't forget you can download our reports anytime via Stitcher, TuneIn, iTunes, or Google Play. Find, follow, and share us planet-wide on the Facebooks and the Twitters at Green News Report. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyne. And this has been your Green News Report. Ain't no dread. Papa's got a brand new bag. Fantastic statistic from the New York plastic bag ban. Yeah. New Yorkers were using 23 billion, billion with a B, wow. 23 billion plastic bags a year wow. in that state. So really? it's a huge change for them to have banned these single-use thin plastic bags that clog up the sewers, mess up the recycling and uh, trash equipment. So this is a big deal. It saves a lot of money. I saw, what was that uh, that we saw, that video? Was that uh, ABC that had that uh, guy interview with a guy who said, uh, I don't like them? Right. I don't like this idea. And it's like, well, why don't you like them? Well, because i got to bring my own bag. Happened to be wearing a uh, a MAGA hat. Yes. Yes, why, he was. Why was that the least surprising response <laughs> in the world? I have to this? do something inconvenient for myself temporarily. <laughs> yes, exactly. Anyway, uh, thank you. And yeah, seriously, New York, it's fine. You'll get over it. You'll enjoy it. It actually. really is it's, easy. It's quite nice and, and easy. How you pick up your dog poop? Well, that's another question that you'll have to wrestle with. <laughs> uh, all right. I think that's it. Yep. Uh, we will be back uh, tomorrow with another thrilling edition of the Bradcast. I think uh, who's joining? Who's, uh, Nichols uh, coming in tomorrow? John Nichols of the Nation if will the join us. If the gods are with us to discuss uh, the results out of Michigan, Washington, Missouri, Mississippi, Idaho, and North Carolina. Uh, until then, my thanks to our producer, Desi Doyen, and to all of you for spending a portion of your day with us. If you missed any portion of today's program, you can download or any other download it anytime for free at bradblog.com. All of that is thanks to those of you who stopped by bradblog.com slash donate. We've heard from a few more of you than usual of late. Uh, greatly appreciate your support. Uh, thank you. It, it means the world, and it's the only way we're going to make it through this election year, frankly. Bradblog.com slash donate. Drop me email if you like. I am bradcast at bradblog.com. And on the Facebooks and the Twitters, I am simply the Bradblog. We'll see you there. Until we see you here, I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world. <laughs>